Hey yo, what's up? And welcome back to another PPP podcast. Um, I'm your host, Voika, and today I'm here with my other two hosts and a special guest, which we are bringing back. Um, so please welcome Hillary. Hello. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be interviewing her about um, her art, you know, because she's a visual artist and she's super into drawing and painting. And we're going to be interviewing her on that process for this season. So Right. Okay. So, um... First question, right off the bat, like, what kind of art do you do? Okay, so I mostly do uh, digital art. I usually draw using graphite, portraits, landscapes, and stuff. But I'm also trying to practice painting, because that's something that I'm not really good at yet. And, yeah, like, small paintings, still lifes, that kind of thing. And I'm also starting photography, and I think it's super cool, because, one, you don't have to actually, like, draw anything. on a piece of paper you just go outside and take some really nice compositions and just shoot them that's really nice so yeah great do you do uh digital drawings as well oh yeah i forgot to mention that i do do digital drawings they take quite a while because <laughs> i tend to get into like really detailed work and zoom in a lot which is something that i probably shouldn't do but um it's just i guess it's my habit i do do digital art it's pretty fun so for art with subjects in it, like photography or like still life, how do you envision like what you're drawing or what you're photographing? Is there like a specific thing that you have in mind? Like, oh, I want to take a picture of this person from this angle. Or is it just kind of like you're just going with the flow? I think I have a specific process in which I do it, but I also use like creative liberty and just try to match what I'm drawing or photographing with the subject's like mood or personality. If I wanted to photograph them in like a soft light, then the subject would look really soft, right? And so that would just make for a really aesthetic, <laughs> pleasing photograph. And if I'm drawing, then for example, if I'm drawing fan art of like a character from a movie and that character is really charismatic, courageous, confident, I choose like a harsher lighting and saturated colors to show that boldness. Uh, of the character's personality but I also take into account like technical aspects I tend to really focus on composition because I think that like makes or breaks a photograph (laughs) and drawing and a painting and also color yeah color is really important as well so Hillary how long did it take you to get into art was it like a skill that you acquired or was it did you kind of always know that you wanted to get into art That's an interesting question because I think I started drawing when I was around five or six. It was really early on, but I like I couldn't draw anything. Believe me when I say that. Okay, dresses were just a triangle (laughs) with like stripes running across the triangle. (laughs) And that was basically, oh, it's a dress. It was also like a copy (laughs) of someone else's like rendition of a dress. Um, I didn't feel bad about that, (laughs) but uh, I guess I improved. I think when I first started drawing, I was so into it that I practiced every single day for like hours on end and I didn't have time to do anything else and I kind of thought oh maybe I shouldn't do that maybe I should leave some time for other stuff too um I think we all kind of start at that base level of not knowing what to draw but okay so do you think that it's possible to sort of improve your art by kind of tracing or copying other people's styles I think at first, um, if you're starting out, tracing and copying can actually be a really good way to learn how to make marks, uh, like pencil marks, technique. Um, But once you start to 
develop your own style and like your own preferences i think it's kind of almost plagiarism because you're taking someone else's character or like drawing and then you're just drawing the exact same thing but like without maybe the color it's not really good if you're using it to help improve your skills and you're not like sharing it online or showing it to anyone i think that's fine but as soon as you share it online and you continue to copy like the same artist's drawing, I think it's really bad. There should be some originality and creativity to your own art because, you know, it makes your art your art. So we discussed that you're into like a lot of different kinds of art, but can you explain like, is there a particular era of art that you gravitate towards? Like, do you do like Victorian style art or like anime style art? Personally, I've heard uh, my art teachers say it, and I also believe it myself. Even if you're planning, like, in the future, if you're planning to go into a career where you're drawing cartoons or anime-style stuff, or just, yeah, animated stuff, you would still need to practice realism. I feel like realism just helps you draw non-realistic things better. Like, once you know how to draw realism, the other things just come naturally to you. Through practice and looking at other people's art, and gaining inspiration from them. If you were to start out with cartoon, even if you started to draw cartoon, if someone tells you to draw like realistic looking figures and landscapes, you wouldn't know how. You know, there's not that skill in there already. And also proportions are really important in figure drawing. I get it, it's an art style and it's really cool, but at first, like I think it's best to practice realism. And it's also my favorite style of art because I love creating an art piece and then afterwards looking at it and being like, I can recognize this. (laughs) I can recognize this as the person I'm trying to draw, as a character I'm trying to draw. I can see the personality in it. The composition is great. Shading is great, like that kind of thing. I guess I'm really into shading, so. And drawing realistically, or as realistic as I can draw, it really suits like those kind of preferences that I have. Do you think that there's some sort of natural talent for art? Like, do you think that some people are just born with the skill to be able to draw or create things like very well? I mean, like you're a little kid and you're like some sort of prodigy or whatever. Do you think that could be possible for art? Do you think that people are just like naturally good at art or is it something that's like a skill that needs time and a lot of patience to develop. In my opinion, I can't really say because I don't know, but I don't know the people who are actually prodigies like personally, but in my opinion, I just think art is definitely something that is developed. For some people, the process can be like quicker than others. Like some people might take their time and go slowly, or maybe they can't go fast. They can't improve at a fast rate or else they don't take anything in. And that's not bad or anything. You know, it's actually good because you're taking in more stuff You have more time to process things. And other people, they're okay with taking it fast. They get stuff really quickly. They understand concepts and technical, like, things quicker. Um, So maybe because of that, other people view them as, quote-unquote, like, prodigies. Like, maybe they're not prodigies. Maybe they just started at the same time as the person who isn't a, quote-unquote, prodigy, but they just improved at a faster rate. So it might seem like, oh my gosh, they've been good for this entire time. Even that person that improved quick, they still must have spent so, so, so much time on improving their craft. It's unreal. (laughs) So yeah, I I think calling someone a prodigy is kind of, it's not derogatory in any way, but it kind of devalues all the hard work that they put into honing their craft. Um, Okay, so that's really interesting. And I want to ask, you know, like in a more broad sense, what do you think counts as art there's obviously many different types of art there's like Mm -hmm. writing and photography and you know digital art 
but do you have a set definition of art? I think at this point in my journey in visual art, I'm not really sure. You know, it varies from person to person. Like one person might think, oh my gosh, modern art is just a banana duct tape to a white canvas. That's not art. For other people, it might be like, if it's too realistic, it's not art. You're just rendering something that you've seen, maybe like a reference photo. Just rendering is not actual creativity or like originality used in the process. So some people might not consider that art. For me, I'm just not sure. <laughs> I can't really answer that question right now, but it's a good question. So maybe moving past that, do you think there's such a thing as like good art or bad art? I think in art, the terms good and bad are definitely 100% subjective. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to go back to this example again. The banana is taped to the canvas. Some people might be like, oh my gosh, that's actually creative. Nobody has ever done that before. It's so simple, yet it has such a, like, a deep meaning. In my opinion, it's bad art. Like, I'm not just saying that because it's, wow, the technicality is not even there. It's just a banana duct tape to a wall. But it's more like, yes, no one had thought of it before the person who did it, but that doesn't make it good art. I think good art requires a lot more um, thinking, knowledge of composition and color and design and all those things. They all go into one painting or one drawing or one piece of visual art and make that piece stand out against the rest. For the banana, yes, it stands out. Yes, it's original, but it has none of the other qualities. In that sense, yes, there is a borderline between bad and good art for everyone, but it varies from person to person. This is just my opinion. Based off that answer, like, is there any standard requirements for good or bad art? Because I remember you said something about how it has to, quote unquote, stand out from the crowd to be considered good art. So does that mean there's like an average art? I might have said that wrong. Like, it doesn't need to exactly stand out from the crowd to be good art. Like, there's plenty of artists out there who are not getting enough attention. That does not mean it is bad art. There doesn't have to be a standard for good or bad art. There has to be some knowledge of the technical side of art, I think, for it to be good art. Even abstract art utilizes composition, color, that kind of thing. There's a lot of thinking that goes into abstract art. Like, I've tried abstract art before. It's not really what I do because I'm just not able to process abstract stuff. Yes, it requires a lot of thought and thinking and meticulous painting and drawing, that kind of thing. Do you think that art created with good intentions by the artist is considered art? Like, for example, if we have um, Jackson Pollock's doing his little, like, paint splatter thing, like, it means something to him, but it doesn't mean something to the audience. Would that still be considered art? In my opinion, I think art doesn't really have to have something that gives to the audience. It could just be something that you enjoy yourself and you consider art. That could still be art. Yeah, it doesn't really have to be out there in the world for everyone to see in order for it to be art. If you enjoy it yourself and you're doing what you love and you think that your art is good or like bad and you want to improve, like you have that drive to improve, it's art. What do you think about censorship in art? I know like a lot of more like modern media has a lot of inappropriate stuff you would say, you know? If you go on those more modern art sites, you'll find a lot of like, inappropriate isn't the word. What do you think about art censorship? Like, do you think there's a reasoning behind it? Like, what is the purpose of art censorship? And like, what are your thoughts on it, basically? Um, do you mean art censorship as in like censoring inappropriate stuff? Or just censoring because it doesn't fit into somebody's like ideals? I guess the latter. We've all heard about 
1984, you know, there's censorship of like thoughts and words and stuff like that. Similarly, what do you think about like censorship in art? Not like censoring inappropriate things, but just censoring things that embody visions or ideals that one might consider bad. I have to think about that one. But if I were to say right now, then the censorship I understand because art definitely could be subjective and it can make some people angry and make some people happy. And that conflicts between the angry and the happy is not something that a lot of people want. So the censorship, it happens in countries and governments and that kind of thing. So it's okay to censor art, but once you're censoring it because of personal beliefs, let's say like religion or something, you're censoring someone else's religious artwork. I don't think it's right. Unless that religion is like widely disliked um, and if it's harmful or derogatory towards another group of people, then censoring is fine. If it's something harmless and you're censoring it, especially the art, I mean, it doesn't give the artists and those people who side with the artists the ability to express their opinion. So in my opinion, I just don't think it's right. What if someone censored art for political reasons or something non-religious? Do you still think that the act of censorship for like a country or the entire world or something, do you think that's okay? In some cases, yes. That art being out there publicly may be harming someone that we don't know. Maybe somebody like agrees with the art and they say that out publicly and then the other people that don't agree with it, maybe it's the majority. So I think that censorship is fine because... It could be protecting people that we don't know and don't have a connection to, those people that are in danger because of their beliefs. So obviously um, art is very important in our society, right? We have museums and you know, certain artists are like more important than other artists. So do you believe the current system of displaying art is a good system? Because obviously there's been this debate going around that you know there's like Van Gogh and Rembrandt and all these guys and they get their own museums and they get you know, displayed and stuff like that. And a lot of people have been saying recently that this system isn't a good system because it's only valuing certain artists over other artists in today's society that could be, you know, as prominent, but they're not, right? So do you believe that this is a good system of displaying art? I'd have to say no to that, but not because classical artists are being displayed and praised more than contemporary artists. Those people that are being put behind, not necessarily put behind, but like seen of lesser importance than the great artists. Um, They're not getting as much attention as they deserve. And I think that's really sad because they've definitely poured a lot of passion and determination and courage into making their artworks. They're not getting the spotlight that they deserve. It's not a good thing. Some artists deserve that spotlight. They don't have it because the classical like great artists are overshadowing them. But I also don't necessarily think we should reverse that because the classical artists, there's a lot of people that are learning from them, you know? Like I take art classes and we have to do master copies of classical artists' work. And it's been really helpful. And I've learned a lot from like color to composition to value and that kind of thing. So there's a reason why those classical artists are so famous. It's because um, their technicality, like their technical skill set is just so amazing. And their art just looks really good. I'm not saying that like modern artists' art doesn't look good, but there's a reason why classical artists are getting the spotlight. They've been here for so long and they've made art that nobody else could during their era. And so, yeah, they're definitely getting the spotlight. It's not a bad thing. Do you consider yourself a good or professional artist? Hmm. I, of course, would say no to that. I think for as long as I live, 
I would answer no to that question because one can always improve, you know? We've always heard people say that. You can always improve even if you are a professional in your craft. Um, professionals, they still go to classes. They still do studies. They still practice as much as they can just to get closer to being good. The limit each year or each decade or each timeline, it just changes. It continues going forward and people's skill sets also have to change as well. The world is constantly changing, the world of art specifically. It's constantly changing and professional workers are expected to keep up with that standard, raising every single year. As more artists come out and showcase the work, that's really good. The bar just raises, in my opinion. You can never just say like, I'm good at art. Once you say you're good at art, the standard for good has already changed. It's already moved on to something else. You gotta keep following it for as long as you do your career. So, yeah. So, in your art, there are trends that are followed, you know, with art, like certain Mm -hmm. styles or different kinds of um, shading and stuff. And so, are you one to, like, follow those trends, or do you stick with, you know, what you know and expand on that? That's a good question. So, on Instagram, I scroll through Instagram a lot, and I see, like, art challenges. Draw this in your own style. Sometimes, I think to myself, I should probably do these. I need to gain more publicity because, you know, that would just improve the amount of people that see my art and, like, the reach. But at the same time, I'm not good enough yet. And I probably will never be because I'm always striving to improve. I just want to improve on what I'm doing right now so that when it comes to the time that I need to do art in a specific style or like go along with a company's like request, then I will be able to do that because I already have the foundations. So right now I could say that I'm just trying to focus on foundations and drawing, painting, photography, just like the basics, always trying to improve on those. So when the time comes that I need to start upping my game and start doing stylistic things, then you know, I'll have a good base to work from. So yeah, I don't tend to follow trends because I'm too busy trying to work on foundation. Do you think that modern art is kind of like worse than classical art? Do you think that the standards for art have deteriorated? You know, like the example you brought up earlier, the banana that was duct tape. Do you think that there's a difference in standards or like a reduction in quality? Or what are your thoughts? on classical art versus modern art? I think that the standards haven't necessarily gone up or gone down. It's gone side to side. (laughs) Back then, I think the range on what we called quote-unquote art was really narrow, and that's why our classical artists stood out so much. But now it's like almost anything can be art. As long as it's creative and original and you're creating it yourself, it's art. And the scope in which the word art is defined, like it's much, much wider. I don't necessarily think the standards have gone down or up because each department, like each niche in art is completely different. Let's say like uh, cartoon and realism and design and like, I don't know, interior architecture, interior design. Those things are completely different. And I don't think that the standards have gone down or up. They've just gotten wider. There's a wider range of what can be considered art. And I think that's a really good thing. Going back to like what you said about censorship and stuff, I'm just really interested in your opinion. Do you think art used for propaganda is still considered art? I mean, someone created it and they had a purpose to it and it sends a message. So it's definitely art. To say if it's good or bad, I'm not too sure. But it's definitely art because someone created it with a message that they're trying to convey. Even if that message was like less than savory. For example, like Nazi art and stuff. I mean, going off of that, like the term art doesn't always have to be good. There can be bad art. Not bad art, but like art that sends a bad meaning. 
the art can be harmful or dangerous to some people, but it's still art. Art is wonderful and it's like everything that is art is good because it's not. Art can be harmful, art can be destructive, but it's an art created with that purpose in mind and it's harming people. It's just not good, but it's still art because someone created that with an intention. That applies to propaganda as well. So we discussed this in our last episode, but I really want to get your opinion on this. Do you think science is art? Um, Another question relating to that. Do you think art created with science can be considered art? Because a lot of the time when people think of science, they're automatically thinking, oh no, it can't possibly be an art. You know, it's logical and art revolves around emotion and, you know, expressing your emotions. But do you think that science can be considered art? Science can definitely be considered an art. There's definitely so many, like, similar processes in the way artists and scientists visualize stuff. For example, scientists usually go through the scientific process, right? They think of an observational experiment, and they observe something in nature, and then they try it out for themselves. And through that process, they discover, oh, yes, this is good, or oh, no, this is bad, this doesn't work. There's definitely a lot of artists that follow the same, like, structure in creating their art. There's definitely parallels. I can't say science isn't art and art isn't science because the two are, they coexist. They are interconnected with each other. There is art and science and there is science and art. So do you have any sort of like advice to give people who are struggling with art, like me, who are like bad at art or who want to improve on their art like what's besides the conventional wisdom of like you know practice and reference and stuff like do you have any advice or tips to give them everything that i would like to say (laughs) has already been said by someone else because so many artists have followed the same path and the same structure that it's just second nature you know when someone asks them like hey i really struggling in art i want to improve like there's so many ways you can achieve that progress but it's through the same thing. It's just practice. <laughs> like, I, I really can't tell you anything else. Even if you're bad at first and you keep drawing the same thing, you'll eventually get better. Like, there's no other way. If you stop and think, oh my gosh, I'm so bad. I need to improve quicker or I want to improve like really quick and get the progress out there for everyone to see. That just hinders your progress. You're not creating progress. You're just making it more difficult for yourself to improve. So take it slow and keep practicing. Like, even if you consider yourself bad at art, just keep drawing what you think you're bad at. Because eventually, it will get good, and you will realize it. And it will be awesome. Another thing that I found really helpful was just gaining inspiration. I tend to do the same things over and over, and I don't step outside my boundaries and, like, achieve a breakthrough, you know? So I personally gain inspiration from watching music videos, because, okay, especially korean like pop music videos they're so visually interesting and creative you can see the technical aspects behind it if you're a visual artist it's really inspiring to see that let's say a band their music videos have improved over the course of time so that means your art can improve as well if you just gain inspiration from other people then you will find inspiration to improve like you will want to improve so that you can become like just as good or perhaps even better than what you're inspired by. as just a personal thing. Getting inspiration is very important. It can come from anything. So I have a couple questions regarding, you know, your personal art style. So I know you said that you can draw a lot of inspiration from a lot of places, and that seems to be the same with a lot of other artists. So do you draw inspiration from, like, personal experiences? And how often is that an inspiration? I'd like to say that 
personal events have shaped my art a lot, but to be honest, they haven't because I tend to stray away from including that kind of thing in my art as of now. Usually I just use, yeah, like you said, inspiration from external factors. And also right now I'm just trying to improve my craft. I'm not really in that creative originality phase, I guess. I'm just still trying to improve on the basics, the foundations. And so drawing from, let's say, like music videos or like other people's artwork, getting inspiration from that makes me want to improve. And then maybe after I improve, then I already have like the technical skill sets and then I can just pull from like memories or personal events. Going off of that, I wanted to ask, so obviously you're trying to improve your art, you know, and get better. And um, personal experiences are sometimes embedded in your art and sometimes they aren't. But when looking at other artists, it seems that a lot of the time, a lot of art has been known to be influenced by like pain or like a sort of like specific type of emotion. Do you find that's the case with you or do you just focus on drawing inspiration from other places? I think I definitely draw inspiration from like moods and stuff that I feel like for your question. For example, there was a period in my life where I was just really down and then everything I drew was blue. I'm not saying that if you're sad, your art is going to be like blue toned, but at that time, I just felt like that represented what I was feeling best. And also, I just really liked the color, <laughs> so I used blue a lot. So in that instance, I think what you're feeling can definitely influence your art, whether it be like intentional or not intentional. That's really interesting. Thank you. So on that note, do you think there are any universal quote-unquote rules of art? Like what you said about blue tone and stuff. Obviously, um, that's not something that all artists share. Like, you know, if artists are sad, they don't necessarily turn to blue. But do you think there are like, you know, colors or styles or impressions or something that's kind of universal in terms of art? In terms of art, I think almost... Well, I'm not really sure, but like, I think almost every professional, like, creative artist has drawn or created visual art that is on paper in some way, like traditional graphite or traditional acrylic or oil or that kind of thing. Because that kind of foundation gives you so many creative liberties to go on to do other things. For example, if you're doing like architecture, you need to have the skills of drawing. You know, drawing is pretty important in architecture. You've got to visualize what you're thinking of before you actually build what you're thinking of. So I can definitely translate there. And then um, when you start out in art, there's definitely like a set of structured rules you have to follow. But afterwards, after you've already got your foundations down, you know what to do, like technically, then you can just break free from there and do whatever you want. Even reverse the rules that you have learned. Cause you know, you gotta know the rules to break them. So you definitely have to learn the skills first. And then from there, go and do whatever you want. As an artist yourself, like with the eyes of an artist, can you easily tell if someone is intentionally breaking the rules or are they doing it by accident? I think that's most obvious on posts, on social media and stuff. Um, it's not necessarily bad art, but if someone is trying to go for a certain look, they really haven't achieved that. Like you can tell that's unintentional, right? But if someone's style has been the same for so long and you know that they already know their foundations and you can see that their style has been slowly straying off into more like whatever they would like to stray off into, <laughs> then you can tell that that's intentional, that they want to change their style, like change what they're doing as of now. It's definitely more obvious on posts on social media. You can see the timeline of their change and realize if it's intentional or non-intentional. So you can't really judge the art blind. 
So if let's say I gave you two sets of artwork, you don't know who the artists are, you don't know where they came from and stuff, would you be able to tell like, oh, this one is coming from a professional or oh, this one's coming from an amateur? Just depending on like them quote unquote breaking the rules. Definitely not because breaking the rules means you can reverse the rule, right? As I said earlier, just because someone's art doesn't look good to you, like it looks like, oh my God, that looks so beginner-like. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually from a beginner. But at the same time, there's also the other side where you can kind of see like the technical details, like mark making, stroke patterns, I guess, or hatching, value, composition, that kind of thing. That can definitely give away whether or not they are a beginner or they are someone who has had a lot of experience. How do you think social media has influenced art? Like, I know uh, more recently a lot of people are talking about plagiarism in art and how some people like copy styles and stuff like that. How do you think like social media has changed art? Social media is quite a thing. <laughs> it's definitely changed art for the better, but it's there's also some very, very negative points. Well, let's just start with the good points first. Art on social media has changed due to the fact that there are more and more artists willing to show their work. More people are gaining inspiration. As I said earlier, inspiration is like really important. People are gaining inspiration they're also getting the advice that they need to improve. Maybe on Instagram, there's like some art pages where they post tutorials and how to properly draw in perspective or how to shade, that kind of thing. That's definitely helping people improve a lot. And the aesthetic slides, they just inspire people to get better, I guess. But you can't ignore the other side, which is social media has created a certain value that people place on their art. Once people post on social media, myself included, they usually get really concerned about, oh, how is it performing? Is it getting the proper number of likes? Is it below average? Is it above average? That average is now being determined by how many other people are viewing your art. That's really unhealthy because you shouldn't be placing your art's value on someone else's shoulders. You should be placing it on yourself and it's up to you whether or not you want to improve or whether or not you are improving. And you can't place that improvement on the number of likes, the number of shares, or the number of like reach. You can't place it on that, but rather you should place it on yourself. It's your responsibility to improve and you will improve with time. Like you can't expect to be good immediately. And I feel like social media kind of doesn't tell you that. All the good artists out there, they always have the same art style on their page. The same mark making, the same colors, the same style. That is a good method to gain a lot of um, like followers. Once people see a continuation of the same art, they're going to be like, oh, this person is consistent. Their art looks good, so I'm going to follow. But if you really want to improve, or if you need to improve, if you're at that stage in your art journey where you're like, I still want to improve, it's okay to do different types of art on your page. For example, me, because I don't have any other example, uh, my art has changed quite a bit throughout the years. That change, like you can definitely see it, but I'm not ashamed of it. I feel like some people are ashamed or like afraid of changing their slides or like their pages on social media because they're going to be like, oh, there's people that won't like my art if it changes. Social media has definitely influenced that. It's enforced the fact that your art has to stay the same if you're good. Your art has to stay the same in order for a lot of people to notice it. Which is true, but if you're really wanting to improve yourself and your own art, it's better to just break the boundaries, try whatever you can, do everything, and maybe, maybe at some point, you settle on something that you really like and you think you're going to be passionate about for a long time. Then you can just stay there. But otherwise, it's just good to explore, find out what your options are, and 
like don't stop creating yeah and that's something social media does not enforce or like uh, show off too much and it's really harmful for artists mindsets to always be thinking about popularity and stuff like that so i think this will be like one of the last questions before we end do you think that it's necessary for beginner artists to have a teacher or mentor or some sort of lesson or crash course for them to improve or do you think they can improve like by themselves through practice and self-study and stuff if we were living let's say 10 years ago my answer would be like a definite yes because at that point there weren't that many resources online that were one free and two easy to understand that would just deter a lot of beginning artists because they think, oh my gosh, this isn't even my level. I can't find anything that would help me improve. But now it's like YouTube, you know, <laughs> YouTube has so many free resources that you can use that are beyond good. Um, they go really in depth to a lot of technical aspects. You can definitely uh, follow or study from. And it basically almost replaces a teacher. Uh, it's kind of like your personal mentor, but like self-study. <laughs> Well, for me, like, I have art teachers, like, from my school. I think it's good because there's always going to be that person for you to go to when you have any questions. That's the thing you don't have with YouTube. Even if you reply in the comments or something, there's not a guarantee that the person replying to you is going to be helpful or, like, you will have a person that replies to you. It might just be there. But in the case, like, if you have a teacher, they will definitely want to answer your questions. They want to help you improve. And whatever questions you have, like, they'll probably understand because you've been their student and they know how you work. They know how, like, you create your art. And it's just more personalized if you have a teacher or that kind of thing. There's advantages to both. One, YouTube, it doesn't cost anything most of the time. Two, there can be a lot of improvement from YouTube in a quicker amount of time, I guess, because there's a lot more videos and things you can access in a shorter amount of time. But on the case of teachers and instructors, you have someone to go to when you're having trouble with any issues or um, issues in your art or even like life in general. What influences your art? You can just talk to your teacher about that and they can work out the stuff with you. On YouTube, you don't have that. It's more personalized if you have a teacher. All right, thank you so much. I think this will be where we wrap up our podcast. Thank you so much for letting us interview you, Hillary. You've been such an amazing guest. So real quick, can you drop your socials? Okay. (laughs) I have multiple social media accounts, but I'm just going to drop one of them because I'm totally inactive on the others. A lot of artists are. (laughs) Um, My main one is at Hillary L underscore art. And that's on Instagram. Everything's lowercase underscore between L and the A. (laughs) Feel free to check out my art and leave any comments. Thank you so much. Um, and be sure to check out the podcast, the social at the underscore PPP podcast and our YouTube under the same name. And um, as always, thank you to Victor for producing our music. Uh, and that's the tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.